Jack. Hey, I'm Damien. This is Karin. Yo, this is Toby. You are listening to the Think Breaks podcast. Welcome back to Think Breaks. It is episode number 12 and actually the final episode of our first season of Think Breaks. Um, you might notice the room is a bit quieter today because Jack is away on last minute commitments. But we are joined by a very talented person who um, you guys might already know him, but he's a producer who's had releases on Galaxy, Liquicity, Differential, Terra Firma, Goldfat. We know him as Elliot. Can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, thanks for the intro, man. Uh, I'm Talomic. How's it going? All good, all good. How nice are you to doing? Have you on, bro. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, yeah, um, since it's, you know, your episode, you're in the spotlight, do you want to just give us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how people may know you if they don't? Um, yeah, so uh, I've been producing under Talomic now for, I mean, seriously, for about three years. But realistically, I think it's about five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then before that, I was doing um, kind of like chilled EDM stuff under my own name. Uh, but yeah, I made the leap to drum and bass a few years ago and then started taking it seriously when I got picked up by Liquidity, which was 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's been a bit of a mad one since then. What was your first foray into like electronic music? What did you start producing as like or doing? Um, well, my first, I don't know, because I grew up with like uh, Fatboy Slim, Chemical Brothers, Daft Punk. Like that Hell 90s yeah. kind of dealio, early yeah, 2000s. exactly. Like my parents were quite into it. And then I got into metal growing up uh, sort of as a teenager and then trans sort of switched, I suppose, from that to electronic music with guys like Subfocus and Pendulum and the kind of harder drum and bass stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got into liquid with um like camo and crooked and some of the earlier dexel stuff and and things like that so um yeah that's it, it i suppose was it the speed of the music that sort of brought you to it like oh shit okay well i think if you listen to guys like pendulum like it basically is metal but electronic right like yeah, yeah totally. earlier stuff um, that's why it transposes so well into like their band setup they've got as well exactly and i think that's part of of the reason it sounds like that is is that it's made for that environment, right? And I think a lot of them come from that kind of background. Mm. And then yeah. I don't know what necessarily transferred me over to the more liquid stuff. But I suppose for me now, it's a case of like you can write. When I was writing chilled electronic stuff like Future Garage and whatever, you can't play it in a club. It doesn't work in a club. Whereas like liquid mm. drum and bass can be soulful, mm. mm-hmm. but can also be played in a club. <laughs> Yeah, it um, carries enough weight, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's got that energy, but you can still have the soul yeah. there as well. So, yeah, so it was a no-brainer for transition for you then, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the beauty about DMB, man. Is that it? What you were saying earlier about pendulum, like that sort of metal kind of stuff, drum and bass. Like even Lincoln Park's delved into DMB a little bit. Yeah, it may not be specifically DMB, but it sounds just like it. I mean, it can. It, that's what I love about drum and bass. It can be almost anything you want it to be. I've said it time and time again, but that's the, the biggest beauty about drum and bass, in my opinion. It can be almost anything you want it to be. Have any influence you want it to have. I think there's, there's yeah, there's such a broad scope of it. 
from like you know proper minimal liquid stuff to like harder jump up and neuro and all the rest of it mm-hmm. which is why i like when people kind of slate drum bases like one entity it's almost like when people are like oh i love the british accent it's the same kind of thing right like there's yeah. so many different right, variations of right. it <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> i was gonna say i guess with um with people on the outside who say oh i hate drum bass it's because they from the public eye the, the thing you see more is the whole you know jump up thing people in track suits that sort of rowdy behavior yeah. thing right yeah yeah they don't recognize the more soulful aspect of it because it's not as popular i mean even if you yeah on radio um, i remember when i started making liquid when i was back at school and turning around to my mates and being like oh i make like chill drum bass and they were like they literally didn't even know that that was a thing, like that it yeah. existed. Yeah, yeah. How could drum and bass be chilled? That yeah, exactly, thing. exactly. Yeah. The most criticism, like the biggest one I got around here, was pretty like where I'm from, is that it all kind of sounds the same. That's what people say. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, it's kind of a moot point, man. It's like yeah, I mean the drums are structured and everything, but it's like any other kind of genre. It all like a lot the of house death. and garage and all of that. Like yeah, it all. It has like its own general structure, but it, I mean, it's the sounds that are used that makes it all different, you know, the standard. Yeah, and I, I think that's the case anyway with any DJ genre is that there's going to be structural similarities and the drums are going to be similar because it's got to be mixed as mm. a continuous thing. So, anytime that you're, you're talking about any DJ genre, you can always be like, oh, it all sounds the same because it's kind of by design got to have similarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Or it wouldn't be, yeah, I've, I've always hated that. <laughs> I always hate when people have that kind of opinion of being like, "Oh, it all just sounds the same." It's just like I guess it's it a little comes from the. I guess it also yeah. comes from the fact that a lot of this music that's DJable is often quite instrumental. There's not like most of the vocal stuff doesn't always get played. You can mm. often have a mix that's just instrumental stuff, which is probably why people focus more on the beat, and then they're just like, "Well, this beat is the same as the last one." Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, speaking of vocals and songs, Talamic, your your release window light. Oh gosh! Yeah. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, it's pretty fucking baller, dude. Now here, uh, I'm just curious. How do you go about processing your vocals? I I've never really worked with vocals, and it always gets me scared when I start touching them and playing with them. That sounded weird, but <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just curious. How do you go about processing that kind of material? I think I think the thing with vocal is people panic, right? Like if you've got mm. a good vocal recording, you don't have to do that much to it. Um, mm. I think we're so the but the problem is is that we're so used to how the voice should sound. Like if you mm. take a synth sound like a pad and you process it a bit weirdly, we don't know what that pad should sound like because we don't hear it naturally. Whereas we hear a voice mm-hmm. every day. Um, but yeah, like if you've got if the recording's good, literally like a little bit of EQ, some compression. Um, and like a nice reverb and you're pretty much set um i don't go like crazy and put like 20 things on it or whatever oh dude you gotta put like 40 things on it that's the (laughs) only way i see about it clearly yeah but that's the thing if i see people doing if i see people with like crazy vocal chains and it's not like noisier or someone then i will always assume that there's something actually wrong with the vocal to start with yeah yeah that's a very good point actually it's it's the same with um, instrument like re- recording an instrument itself. If the yeah. initial recording is good, not a lot needs to be done apart from just tiny bits of cleanup. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's that's how it should be. I mean, there's always going to be like 
the timing and pitching stuff that you have to spend ages in Melodyne um, mm. to sort out some oh with some people God, more than yeah. others. But um, like, as long as the quality of the recording is good and it's not like noisy or they've used like a crap mic or something, like you're usually all right. You ever, uh, you ever got any, and not naming any names or anything, but have you ever gotten samples or vocal samples from people and uh, it's been like a continuous thing, like, mm, I don't know if that's going to work. Can you do a, you know, a little better or has it, have you ever had that yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like think there should always be a little bit of back and forth. Yeah, right. Anyway, yeah. I think that there should always be like, I always ask for a demo before the final <laughs> thing, if it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. Just because then you can be like, well, this bit's cool, but I'm not sure about this section and maybe we should move this here and whatever. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Like sometimes it doesn't matter how good they are. Sometimes their vocal won't work with your tune right. or yeah, they won't be yeah. able to write a hook that makes sense with it for whatever reason. Um, yeah. And it's the same with like producer collabs. Like sometimes you someone sends you an idea for writing a tune and you love everything they've done and the idea that they send you you think is rubbish right yeah like it sounds it good just sometimes paper. it just doesn't work yeah because yeah. mm-hmm. it's like having a second mind on a tune <laughs> and you're not always going to be a hundred percent in sync with each other it's amazing if you are but it's not always yeah. the case and i think that's part of the reason that i tend to like i have a few people that i work with a lot more than like like i have a few vocalists that i do one-off bits with Mm. and then a few people that i've done like three or four tunes with um and that's just because we're on that kind of same same wavelength and i know that when they send something over that the way that they write works with what i do that's a pretty good point i mean i mean so like with these artists or these vocalists that you've worked with over and over again yeah because i personally find that if you work with like say one or two people consistently I feel like it improves your workflow together as that collaboration effort, no matter what song you're working on. It's just the more you work yeah. together. It's like you can just, there's no discussion about it. You all really know what to expect from each other. Yeah, and I think it also, like when you've worked with someone enough, it's easier when they send you something that's not quite right to speak to them about yeah. it. Yeah, and you've you got more comfort, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Whereas I think if you're working with someone new, you're always worried about offending them in some way. Yeah. Exactly. Or at least I am. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I don't totally. want to turn around and be yeah. like, this verse needs tweaking, or the lyrics are too cheesy, or whatever. There's always going to be that worry in the back of your mind that you're going to offend or upset them and damage that relationship because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a weird slippery slope, honestly. It's, just- it's strange that humans seem to like naturally end up feeling that way and like that worry. Because realistically, if you give that kind of feedback or criticism, it can help develop that other person even more but yeah. it, helps it just comes down to that like you know the worry of not of like upsetting someone do you know what i mean yeah but i think it's i think everyone's like that anyway like if i have yeah. someone i don't know criticizing my tune i take it a lot yeah. harder than i do totally, if i have a friend totally. be like your snare is <laughs> it's like whoa well, it's, it's your art as well isn't it it's yes. like if someone you don't know well is just like, like who are you disagreeing with your yeah your ideas it's kind of like oh shit that, yeah. you know what- so i kind of do get it i suppose you know, yeah, ironically yeah. enough, that tends to be the most important shit is like uh, like that mass audience. You want to know what they think. Yeah. The people you don't know. Like, okay, well, how are people that I don't know f- feel about this tune? Because it's more honest that way, isn't it? Yeah. 
It is. Yeah, because... sometimes a little too honest, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You're gonna have people. You're gonna have shitheads going on there, being like, "All right, no, this dude fucking sucks." Um, yeah. I don't like the way it's. They don't give you any feedback. They just say it blows dick, and that's that. YouTube and I think the difficult thing with that is like you could have like a thousand positive things said about a tune, and one person yeah. will say something negative, and you'll always rem- remember the negative one. Either yeah, that one it. YouTube comment. Yeah, that <laughs> you know someone, yeah. from some guy who's like made one tune and it's crap, but they said yeah. your drums suck, so you're always going to be remembering that they thought your drums sucked. Yeah, I think it's because that negative comment is less common as well. Because, you know, if we if we go to like a certain YouTube upload on one of those channels like Ledge Sounds or something, everyone would be like, yeah, this is awesome. This is amazing. But then that one person would stand out. Yeah. And it would probably be the same even if it was the other way around. Everyone calling your tune crap, but that one person who loves it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think it's That's like, it, sound, it sounds almost, um, selfish is the wrong word, but like, the, when you get enough positive comments about a tune or it gets a load of streams or whatever, I find that difficult. It kind of melds into one and you find that difficult to process. Um, whereas when you've got like a smaller number of negative things, it's easier to remember each individual one. Even mm. if it's, you know, it, it's not healthier to do that or better to do that. But unfortunately, certainly the way that my brain works is that... It- it's all that dopamine as well hitting your brain from all that positivity, and then That's bam, it. negativity. Yeah. Or not even really negativity, it's just bam, criticism. And then you're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening with uh, Cyberpunk 2077 a little bit right now. This wonderful company in, this, uh, in the video gaming industry, with uh, their game is pretty fucking buggy right now. And Yeah. Th- they're not getting a pass like any other company. Like it's, they're getting the same, they're getting shit on just as much as like if somebody were to shit on the company EA, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I, I think part of it's like, there was so much hype, you know, if you yeah. hype something up, they were developing it for like eight years or something. When you develop something for eight years, I'm not necessarily justifying yeah. the criticism, but or, I've not played the game, but equally like eight years of hype, Everyone is expecting like the best thing, and it obviously was going to be buggy because they've delayed it like three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was never going to come out perfect. They were just going to have to get it to a point that it could just about come out and then put it out. I get, um, uh, but people don't expect that. So I think, uh, like with any art, especially like even in drum and bass, when you, uh, I get like nervous when uh, when I have a release coming up or. Uh, something about to release any musical venture any mix or anything about to release and then having to promote it i don't want to try and like like sell it as if something it's not yeah like if, if that makes sense yeah do y'all ever feel that way at all especially you Talonic, do you ever feel that way especially with your newest release which does sound i'm not just saying it does sound amazing but have you felt that way before yeah, maybe in a slightly different sense. So for for me, if I'm working on... So Window Light, for example, the title tune for that was finished about a year before the EP came out. Mm. And so... Or near enough finished. I was like playing it in sets and stuff. And so... the I'd lost perspective on whether it was a good tune or not by the time it came out. And so I struggle to hype it up as much because I don't know if it's any good anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather, so it's not necessarily like I don't want to overhype it, because to be honest, as far as like the overhyping side goes, 
I kind of hand that off to Liquidity and like they can overhype it and then I'm just yeah. detached from that right because then they can post all over their socials and be like this is the best thing ever and if it comes out and it's not I'm like well I didn't ever say that right yeah, um, yeah I <laughs> but I, for me personally as I said it's more a case that I lose sort of faith in my own tunes before they come out and I think part of that is as well like the panic before it comes out there's always that thing in the back of your mind like what if this just flops really badly and no mm, one resonates yeah. with it um so i think part of it's that as well like uh, withdrawing slightly because i'm sort of worried about if it doesn't get received that well but yeah as i said most of it's just losing any perspective would you say you have the same sort of i guess perspective even when it's a collab with someone because obviously recently you collabed with kino on hospital for his album yeah. and there was obviously the collab with Monroe on that Galaxy album, Identities, I think it was. Yep. Like, did you still have that same feel? Because I imagine both those tunes were probably finished a lot, a long time before they came out. Did you did you still lose perspective, or because Kino and Monroe were there, was there a bit of actually no, this is all right sort of feeling? Slightly, I suppose, with the Monroe one. Um, like Eli and I had been bouncing that around for a little while. It got finished like literally a week before the deadline or like two days before the deadline or something. But we had the tune pretty much done. It was just a vocal sample. We had to replace a vocal sample in it Um, because we sent it to Liquidity and they sent back a tune that already had that sample in. Uh, So we had to like replace it. And so that's why it was so last minute. So that one probably less so, but with the, or sorry, more so I think, but with the Kino one, like Will, because it was for his album, yeah. he did the final mix on it and so a lot of that final stage of like listening to it a thousand times i didn't go through uh, yeah so i you know he sent me uh, the in- initial idea and i added a bunch of stuff to that and sent it back and there was a bit of back and forth probably early this year and then i didn't really hear much of it until close to the final one and there wasn't much difference it was like a bit brighter and that was pretty much it but because I wasn't the one having to do that, I think I didn't then lose perspective on it, if that makes sense. What was that like getting sent back that by uh, Liquidity? <clears throat> what did they say like when they sent that other tune that had the same sample? Well, I mean, not what they said, but what was the vibe? Was it like, oh, no, you just got to change this? They're pretty good. I mean, I've got a good relationship yeah. with them anyway. So mm-hmm. when they sent stuff over, like I, one of the reasons I like working with them is because their feedback's always solid and mm-hmm. and they don't sort of beat around the bush with it, so to speak. If I send them a bunch of tunes, they'll send back like a full page worth of notes to fix. They really do it proper, don't they? Yeah, which is important, I think. Like I would, when they send stuff like that, because I think I've got a good relationship and because I'm used to that level of feedback, it yeah. doesn't bother me. I'd way rather that than me putting out and everyone commenting being like, oh, it's a remix of this tune because we use the same no, sample. Yeah. Do you ever feel like the feedback may be a little too much at times or like, uh, it sounds like they want to change the song too much or it's never, have you ever dealt with that before? If it, they're pretty good because I think, cause I don't necessarily sound like everyone else on the quizity. Right. So mm. they are pretty good at like, if they give me feedback that wants to massively change the direction of a tune and they're always kind of like leave it up to your judgment and that they will let me make that decision. Okay. Um, and to be honest I end up being a harsher critic of my own stuff than they are anyway 
Naturally, so, you should yeah. be. With window light, like we had, and with the gravity within EP, actually, probably about six months before they were submitted, I had very different track lists for them that they had approved. And then I leave it a bit and I'm like, this isn't as good as it should be. And I withdraw a load of tracks. And there have been times where I've taken tracks back that they really want, but I'm like, no. And so to be honest, more of the time with them, the feedback and like rejecting stuff and whatever comes from me and not them. I like your control over your art, man. I really dig mm, that. Really good quality control there. Yeah, I, think well, you, I think you have to be like, yeah, agree. I used to just put tunes out that I'd be like, oh, it's done. Like whatever, someone might like it. Whereas now it's like, I think you have to be so strict. If I'm not, it kind of comes back to like having to promote your own stuff, right? Mm. Like I'm not going to promote it if I don't think it's the best that I can do. Even if I've discipline. lost any perspective on it, if, I, if I'm not sure if it's good or not, I still have to know that I think it's at some point or another, it was the best thing that I could do. Yeah. It's, it's a good discipline. Of, um, it's like yeah. being dishonest if you don't really believe in it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And also like, it's from a DJ perspective, there's no point me putting a tune out if I think it's rubbish because I'll never play it in a set. Very fair point. So true. That's some pretty damn inspiring stuff, to be honest, mate. <laughs> big up, big yeah, up yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just my Sticking crippling into the self-doubt man. inspiring nation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good. Like, you know what I mean? It's such an important thing just to strive to be better. Like, yeah. No one's ever going to get better if they don't. <laughs> Exactly, and I think I think that's important anyway. Like, I think every tune you do should be... You should always listen... Like, when I listen to other people's music, right, like, I'm always comparing different things. Like, a lot of people yeah. pick me up on, like, my drums, and they're like, oh, how do you get your drums to sound like that? And I'm like, You're to be clean honest, as like, hell. I just listen to someone else's, and I'm like, why are their drums brighter or harder than mine? Like, why are mine not yeah. hitting like that? Even if that person I'm comparing to is, like, Halogenics or someone, like, who is infinitely better than I am. I'm still going to use that as a benchmark to how good my sound should be. And I think a lot of people maybe don't do that because they're like, I'm not as good as that person, so it's fine. And mm. I think, for me anyway, I'm always just going to be pushing for that, trying to make it that good, even if I know that I might not hit that benchmark, I need to get as close as I can do. And I then mean, the next tune, I'll get a little bit closer. Like. I feel like the main goal is you always want to it's not like you want to be better than anybody else you want to be better than yourself you know like yeah. than you were yeah. like such and such days ago i'm making music and sometimes that also requires to just not make music at all yeah yeah i think it's important to like take breaks anyway mm, yeah definitely um like i can't work on music nine to five five days a week i can't do it oh shit no dude. yeah no i agree completely agree I would honestly lose my mind. And you know how hot that room would be, especially if you're working with the equipment, like analog yeah. shit? That room would be in, you'd be sweating your ass off. All the fans just going. Like, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, it would be terrible. Jesus. Yeah. My, my studio is like a fairly small room and it gets pretty fucking hot in here. Gets pretty, uh, yeah. Pretty sweaty. <laughs> so do you actually do you use any hardware? If yeah i've got a, i've got a few bits um oh shit okay give me the details the details uh, <laughs> I need, I need <laughs> damien will pick up here yeah. <laughs> um i've got a moog subsequent 37 uh behringer yes. poly d and a behringer neutron um, oh that neutron nice yeah. um, beast. but the moog is probably like 
the sort of main one that I would use. I kind of got the the others to sort of fill spaces that the MOOC doesn't hit. But um, mm. yeah, I think it's fun to just step out of the box. Like it, it's yeah. a bit of an investment, but yeah, not I being agree. like clicking on serum. You know, all the time, mm. like actually it gets being it gets tiring. It's it like, oh shit, I got something in front of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because it's not like digital values, like I'm, I can't click on it and see exactly where the frequencies are or whatever. You're always going to be tweaking things using your ear. Whereas yeah. I find with Serum, like I might be aiming for a certain. If I'm putting a filter on something, I know roughly where it should be, and so I can aim for that number. Mm. And you do that far less. Like there are obviously like markings on the filters and stuff, but I find myself doing it less. With that Moog, how do you go about rec- like? Do you uh, do you just like hit record and you just start fucking around the thing, start playing with it, and you, maybe you catch something cool? I'm like, oh shit, I can use that in a song. You can cut that out of the sample recording. Well, I can't play keys, so for me, I, feel I, you. I feel you. tend to make the sound first, and then I'll put the MIDI in Ableton, and I can it can read that, and so I'll just mm-hmm. then record it back into Ableton again, um, mm. having the MIDI sent from there. And you can obviously, once you've got the MIDI in, you might find that you have to tweak the sound anyway. Um, but yeah, like I don't tend to do sort of long recordings because to be honest, most of it would sound like like a kid hitting a keyboard um, <laughs> yeah. rather than yeah. anything like properly usable, like even long bass notes and stuff. Um, and obviously if the MIDI's like running, I can then tweak the sound without worrying about having to play it or it's got a sequencer built in, but I find... Um, like analog sequences built into synths and stuff are a bit clunky. It's just easier mm-hmm. to, to type notes in. Yeah. So you actually start on hardware then before actually going into the box. Is that better? Yeah, but usually I'll start with like, if I was starting a tune, I probably wouldn't. But if I'm going for a certain sound, like if I want to add like some reeses and stuff over the top of a tune, then mm-hmm. I will make that sound first and then go back in the box. Yeah, so here's one for you actually. Do you do you have sessions where you just like make a load of different sounds and just have a day where you really kind of build up your collection of like presets and whatnot? Or are you more like when you start a tune you kind of just go with the flow and let your creativity take take you there? Usually go with the flow. But there have been times yeah. where I'm after a certain type of sound. Like um when I was making a, a bunch of darker stuff maybe a year or so ago, there was that kind of typical sort of Perez skeptical like minimal bass sound and I couldn't Mm. find any tutorials on how to make that and so I spent like a couple of days just tweaking sounds to try and get that sound Um, and again like when I was adding like some of my liquid stuff putting Reese's over the the top of it I found myself using the same like two or three sounds and so I spent a few days like teaching myself how to make other bass sounds that would work with that style but I don't mm. tend to save many presets more because I forget yeah. um, than anything else. But like, because I've taught myself those processes when I'm making a tune, I can then go back and, and do that. It's such a knowledgeable process to do that. It can, you know, what's funny is that even when you're, most of the sounds you're looking for tend to be really simple, like how to yeah. configure it on a synth. But like you said, when you don't have a reference point, it can be kind of like mm. tedious going through the motions. Like, shit, how do I create the sound? And then it's like an epiphany. It hits you. Bam. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I see it. 
And then it ends up being super simple. All this fucking LFO shit you put everywhere on your EQ, your filters and everything. Some of it didn't even matter. Yeah. But I think also, like, if you're teaching yourself that process, you're probably going to come across some happy accidents along the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I I think a lot of the the stuff that I do has come across by me putting something on that I thought would do one thing and it does something else, but it still works. It still sounds good. Yeah. So look at jazz, do you know what I mean? Like they, they thrived off all the little mistakes they made and then yeah. like kind of play on it even further. So yeah, it's certainly exactly. a technique that's, yeah. There's a, there's a reason why a lot of, it sounds like a lot of uh, wind instruments aren't always on time, like sax players and all that, but they actually are. It just sounds like they're not. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of jazz and everything, do, so when you, Talamic, when you make songs, do you make uh do you go in it with okay? I'm gonna make this catchy four-bar loop or this catchy really long sixteen-bar loop, or how do you go into it? Um, to be honest, if I'm starting a tune, it will just be I'll put a piano in and write some chords. And whether the piano is in the final mm. tune or not, I think so much of what makes a tune feel the way it feels, certainly mm. with with liquid, is what chords you've got, yeah, and how those work together. Um. So chords and then and then drums. I don't necessarily go in with like uh, trying to make like a short loop that I'll then expand. That to be fair, that that's sometimes how it'll end up anyway. Is you'll accidentally end up with like a sixteen bar loop that sounds great, and then you just turn that into a full tune. Mm. But a lot of the time, my main focus is just getting some chords that work well, and then and then building from there. Nice, yeah, um, yeah. I I always used to start off just with drums back in the day, but I can't I can't do that anymore. I'd like I'm I'm very much like you. I have to kind of start with like a main musical element that can then be built around. Um Yeah. I think yeah, the right thing on. with it is like if I start with drums, I really struggle to get anything to work with it. So I might get some great sounding drums, but I then that's all it ever is. Whereas yeah. if I start with some chords <laughs> and I know that they're good, I know that I can do something with that tune. Yeah, there's a concrete idea yeah. there. So if place, I have yeah. to like replace the drums or replace the bass line or whatever, I can do that further down the line as long as I've got that foundation. Mm. Yeah. And I guess with like certain um, like chord progressions or the way you play some chords, sometimes a two-step rhythm might not work with it. So you'd have to actually do a different drum pattern and all. And it's easier to just yeah. work with the music first yeah. and figure it out as you go along. Exactly. And I, I think it also lends itself to like the way every the way that your chords sound will also probably dictate the way that the vibe of the tune that you're going for mm. which will dictate then how your drums need to sound and, and what other sounds you're going to use with that if it's quite a dark sounding progression you're not then going to throw like a some sort of euphoric drum beat over the top of it because it's not going to make any sense yeah yeah it's all about having those bits to gel in together with each other I'm so yeah. ass backwards in that. I usually start off on my drums and then I start throwing shit on it. Like I'll work with my buddy Brandon. He'll start playing some piano over it and we'll just see what sticks. Whether That's the, like the classic way to do it though, isn't it? Just start with drums. Yeah, just it, even if the drums don't really kind it doesn't even sound like it should go with the, the tune. Even though the more you start adding to it, it, then it all starts to kind of glue itself together. Yeah. Mm. And I think to be fair, that does, if I've ever got a deadline, I t- I find that if I keep pushing with an idea, usually it will come together, like yeah, where I normally would have dropped it before. I have that lot it, with remixes and stuff. 
So that's a fair point actually about deadlines. Do you find yourself working better with deadlines or without? Because personally, I'm in the camp of I work better with. So I'm curious to know what you what you're like. I was talking to someone about it today. I think ah. that to be honest, like with deadlines, if I didn't have any deadlines, I probably wouldn't get anything done. Right. Mm. So yeah. like because I know that liquidity will be like, okay, we need something by this date. We need an EP by now. We need a single one now. We need this by now. Mm. I'm always then working to that. Whereas if I don't have them doing that, I might write a bunch of ideas but I won't then sit and finish them because finishing a tune is like the most boring bit. Yeah, completely. So yeah. I won't then do that. I'll start a new idea. Whereas uh, if okay. I know I've got them there and I've sent them all the demos, I yeah. know that I've got four, five, six tunes, whatever, that I need to finish by a certain date. And I've got them messaging me being like, where are they? So, yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily work at all without deadlines because I just don't finish anything. You do it for the vibe. You start making a tune, you're like, oh shit, I vibe to this. And then after you vibe to it long enough, you're like, oh, okay, let me go into the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it's that mix down. It's just trying to get the mix right. Yeah. Or yeah. if you've got vocals, like sitting with vocals and Melodyne or something, like all the boring bits that you have to do. Mm. But it's like, I don't feel like doing this shit. Yeah. I'd way rather, like, you know, just Actually start something, compose new something. And, and get excited about that instead. Kind of suck with deadlines. I'm not really sure what it would be like to work under a strict deadline. I know, I mean, of course, I know what it's like to work like that at work or something, but not with like a hobby or a passion of mine, like music or anything. It's probably like if you're if you wanted to finish stuff and you don't have someone else imposing a deadline, it can be handy to impose one on, your, on yourself. Right. Yeah. Even if um, it's something like the end of the month. Yeah. Or like I need to finish this EP by this date. I don't know what label it's going to or whatever. But I used to like before sort of working more exclusively and when I was just sending stuff about that was how I did it was I would just mm. force myself to set a deadline and sometimes that might be like okay I've got this show booked for this date I want to make sure that I've got some new material to play that there yeah. and test uh, obviously that's not the case now but yeah even just goals in general are just like they're super important to have as like yeah. a musician yeah even if you don't necessarily hit them all at least you've kind of thought about it got them there and you're working towards them right yeah yeah like you might if you're working to that deadline even if you don't hit it you've at least progressed further than you would have done if you weren't yeah and even yeah. then the goal doesn't have to be oh i need to finish this many tunes it could even be i need to learn how to make this sound or i need to learn how to mix this down better that sort of thing do you plan on taking your music career further than just dmb um i don't I don't know. I've done, um, I did a garage tune on the Alone EP back in, that must have been last year. Yeah, May last year, I think now. And to be honest, it didn't do that well. Um. But I like, like I think of all the tunes on the EP, it was like the worst performing one. But I quite like writing chilled future garage stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. So probably bits, but I, like, I came from like uh, doing EDM stuff anyway. And I would literally just write whatever I wanted. And to be honest, from like a getting really boring now, but like from a brand point of view, it doesn't make much sense. Like, a, like <laughs> people struggle then to latch on. Like, oh, I thought he was making drum bass. Why is he now making? That's that's what yeah. I was just gonna ask. I was gonna ask if it felt. Do you think that you know possibly it's because people when they see Talama, they're like, oh, drum and bass. Yeah. So I, I might do a different. few bits that like because I f I feel like garage kind of makes sense, right? Like it's 
got that same kind of rhythm, that same kind yeah. of groove. It's just a different Yeah, it's, it's definitely the closest to liquid yeah, drum bass, yeah, for sure. But if I was to do anything else, I'd probably just put it under another name and, and do that instead. Mm. I mean, you could probably get away with it eventually, but I've, I would definitely say like building your brand to begin with, it's good to stay kind of consistent with one yeah, genre. Exactly. Because yeah. then there comes a point where you have your fan base that are like, you know, they'll stick by you no matter what style you go into. Like, those guys in drum bass who mm, went to into half time. Well, yeah, to an extent. It depends how... Depends on, like, the open-mindedness of that fan base, I think. Yeah, I think I think it probably would vary, like, fan base to fan base, to be honest. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think it probably also depends on what genre you went into if you were doing something else. Yeah, If like I started how... making, like, you know, like, trap or something, I think people would be a bit confused. Dude, you should definitely yeah. make trap. I'd listen to yeah. <laughs> yeah, it. I'd love Hell to hear yeah. that. I'll be interested. Yeah, I would like to hear that. Make that it like liquid be... trap. Liquid trap. It's like nice. proper chill trap. Yeah, 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 yeah that'd actually be that'd actually be sick. I want to see a remix of your newest album, but all trap remixes. All trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want, and I want all the artists to just be you. It just like you remixing everything. To long, to long. Yeah, but with style. like a different alias on each one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they're all just different. And it's spellings. all actually just me. Yeah. It's just you, like all very obviously me, but like slight variations on something. Or you start using other people's names. Yeah, it's like, well, no, I talked to him about the song, and he said that was a cool idea, so I just slapped his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings you nice into so, Elliot. I believe you've now started live streaming production sessions, haven't you? Was that yeah. as a result of the lockdown, or something you've been doing for a while? I used to like way like pre-Tolomic I did it but not on any kind of schedule I just did it at mm. home sometimes oh so you have a schedule um, now is it yeah so <laughs> I only just started doing it but it should be every Wednesday okay. uh 7pm UK time uh but like I think I think the main reason I've I've started doing it is is because of lockdown like there's no way to interact with anyone or to have any kind of online presence and mm -hmm. a lot of the way that people seem to be doing that feels a bit contrived like doing something big and flashy to keep yourself in the public eye yeah mm. whereas the crave for attention yeah whereas if i'm like streaming production i'm streaming something i would be doing anyway so it's not i don't know it just felt like a more natural way for for me to connect with people and to sort of keep some sort of presence without doing anything that felt stupid basically Oh, I like that, yeah. man. Is it like an organic thing, or do you have like a structure? Where like, okay, we're gonna talk about how you know this kick drum, or we're gonna go and we're gonna try and get a nice kick drum going on, and I'll explain as it goes. Or at the moment, okay. it's more organic. So I, my plan okay. for for the near future certainly is just to come into the stream with an idea because I think everyone fantasizes what it's like to to see a tune go from start to finish. But they don't yeah. really want to see that because it's boring as hell to watch someone write for <laughs> yeah. the yeah, it's browsing it through kicks. It's just me staring at a screen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> go in with some like rough idea or like a tune that I've kind of started and then flesh that out over the course of, of the stream and then sort of explain what I do as I do that. But it may well be that if there's like a demand for it that I could do a stream on like how I do my drums or how I process atmospheres or, or whatever, if there was a lot of people asking for it, but certainly not yeah. a plan in the near future. 
Well, that's that's the thing. So as think breaks, so we've been thinking about. I know Jack and I have been talking about doing um sort of like production sessions where it's track breakdowns because I feel a lot of people, especially if there's a tune that's super popular, like I don't mm. know, let's say Window Light for example. Yeah. Would you ever do things like, oh, here's how I made Window Light and here's how we worked on the drums and that sort of thing, or would it be just fresh material each time? Yeah, I, I mean, it's something that I probably have to like speak to liquidity about because i think looking at that kind of thing i think the format would work better if i just did a video and put it up online rather than did it in a stream so that more people could come back Mm -hmm. to it um so like do like a half hour breakdown of of window light or or whatever um but i i think it would be worth sort of speak i need to speak to them about it because it might be something that that we could do to promote something else or whatever but it, I, if there's the demand for it, I mean, same with anything. Like, if people want to see it, it's no skin off my back to do it, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not massively secretive about anything that I do, really. So, have you thought about just doing it for maybe free tracks or anything like that? What do you mean, like writing free tracks and putting them out, or like if you wrote a free track and put it out, would you consider doing the idea of breaking down that free track that you released? Yeah, potentially. I mean. It's a weird one because I I think in terms of a slight kind of detour, but in terms of like free music in general, Mm -hmm. I think it matters less now than it used to. Like when I started producing, I was a big advocate of like writing music and putting it out for free so it would get to more people. But Mm -hmm. now because everyone streams anyway, I don't know if like a free download tune is any better for people generally than just putting it. You'd rather Spotify just release it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just going through DistroKid and sticking it through Spotify. Exactly. It's true. Because yeah, like, yeah. to be honest, if you're putting it out for free, there's a good chance that it's not on Spotify anyway, unless you're paying for that distribution. Mm. And yeah. so it would almost get to less people's ears because people won't listen to it because it's not on Spotify. Mm-hmm. No, very true point, man. The, the scene has definitely changed as uh, certain technologies and social medias have developed. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Yeah, like, I think, you know, seven, eight years ago, I would have definitely agreed that putting free music out is great. But nowadays, I think. Yeah. Not so sure. I think it's definitely nowadays, how I built my career, yeah. I think nowadays, when it comes to free music, it's all it's based really off of that particular individual's uh, philosophy of just how they want to release music. Yeah. Some people just don't give a shit. They just want to release, they just want to put music out there. And I don't know, maybe they become big. I mean, that shit's happened like plenty of times. So, well, only only a handful of times that it's happened quite a few times yeah i think a lot of it falls down to like if i was releasing stuff and trying to put it through labels and none of them were taking it Mm -hmm. and i felt that the only way that i could get my music out would be to either put it out for free myself Mm -hmm. or to massively massively change what i was doing to put it out on a label Mm -hmm. then i can see the benefit then of just putting it out yourself and and going for it um but I, i think i'm fortunate enough that I haven't had labels trying to change, certainly not in the near sort of um, recent history anyway. I've not had labels try and change what I'm doing. Yeah. So I've always That's been able good. to put out That's what good. I like anyway. So I, yeah, I can see the merit of doing it if you're in that situation, but I'm fortunate enough that I'm not. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I think it's just, a, it's like a, your own, it's got to be a particular philosophy you live under of how you want to release your own music. I think if you're in the uh, position to make money off of your music, I'm not going to say don't make money off of your music. I think you should absolutely make money off your music. Yeah. 
I think if you're yeah, in definitely. that position, like as you, as you said, you should take full advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, who doesn't want to make money off what they're doing? Like regardless yeah. of, of, of how you're doing it, like obviously we're making liquid drum base, so we're not going to become millionaires overnight or whatever. Like that's fine because we're doing it because yeah. we love doing this. But equally, it's nice to get paid for what you do. You yeah, know, yeah. Exactly. Every, everyone wants to get paid for what they love doing. Really, yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. Even if it's just like 20 quid or something, it's still that money from stuff you've made. There's something yeah. so satisfying about it. Yeah, that's a nice, that's like a half a gas tank right there, baby. Woohoo! Well, this, yeah. You know, you've spent <laughs> your time doing something you enjoy and then you're getting paid for it. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I would be yeah. making music whether people pay me or not. That's not the point. But equally, yeah, if right, I can get right. paid to do it, then I will. And that's like, a big understanding yeah. for new artists, by the way. Like anyone who is just now getting into making any sort of art, if you go into it trying to make money, it's probably you're going to get disappointed yeah. super quick all the time. And it's you're setting be, yourself up to fail, like yeah. literally. Mm. Yeah. You got to start doing it and have fun with it, and you know maybe something happens. Because I think as well, if you go into music with that mentality, you're going to try and make music that other people like, and you're not going to be making a music that you like. And to add to that as well, you would be you'd be making stuff that isn't you essentially. It's not your identity. Yeah. Yeah, because and then be to like, be honest, you're probably going to make less money anyway because your music's not going to have anything, any substance to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. why would I go for this person's music when there's that person who makes the same stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like if yeah. I was to go into drum and bass and try and make the most money I can, I would make like big dance floor stuff. Yeah. But why would anyone listen to that when? Subfocus and dimension are already out there, right? Like exactly. doing it better than I would be doing it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And even if you go into drum and bass, like even if your style that you've accumulated or that you have, like that's that. Maybe your style just doesn't fit any label. And the best way to go about it is releasing your own shit or creating your own label if you have the time and resources and management of it. Yeah, I think Ram sometimes is a good example of that. Yeah, oh, like, Rammy boy. He puts, you know, <laughs> Ram puts out loads of his own music because what he does is very isn't... him. Like, yeah. there yeah. isn't anyone hey, else That guy doing is what just such a self made dude. Exactly. Yeah. I love Ram. He's, He's got great. a proper identity. Yeah. And you can tell his music yeah. a mile off. And yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But he's always. Badass, I... Yeah. Anytime I speak to him, he's always advocating for self releasing. And I'm like, well, it makes. Like he's got such yeah. a solid identity that it makes a lot of sense for him to do that. Totally. He he's basically who put me onto the idea of just releasing an album through my bandcamp, yeah. to be honest. Which he's done like yeah. a ridiculous number of times. He's put out so yeah, many yeah. albums and every time he does it he just puts out himself on Bandcamp. Yeah, exactly. And that way you also know it's a true reflection of who he is as well, rather than a label's manifestation of who he is, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. He's always just done his done his thing. Yeah. And it's always been. Uh, um, it's always been accepted very well. Do you yeah. Know what exactly. I mean? Shout outs, Ramses B. Yeah. Don't you love that what? feeling when when you can listen to a tune and be like, oh, I know that artist. Like you know that sound. You yeah. know where it comes from. Exactly. And I think I that's that a, important, like, like to have that identity as as best you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also amazing to have that identity so early on in your career as well. Like, yeah. if you've already made, like, I don't know, let's say five or six tracks and people are already like, yeah, it's that guy. Yeah. And that's just amazing. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think that Rope comes pieces. anyway from, from just writing what you love to write. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The more you just practice your skills and so on. Yeah. Yeah, and the more that you follow your own direction, I suppose. 
Like rather than thinking, what does someone else want? You sit there and think, what do I want? Um, That's it. You know, it becomes like an accumulation of like all of your influences in one sort of personification rather than you listening to, you know, like Subfocus, for example, and being like, I want to sound like that. Yeah, Mm. exactly. And that's actually, I think that's a requirement almost to just listen to music of all different styles and make sure you really, how do I say it, like sort of really look at your influences and what, what's around you to get your own sound. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to take those influences from, from genres that aren't drum and bass as well. Like, mm. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Like the most important, really. Yeah. <laughs> And that actually asks, makes me want to wonder. So, Elliot, what's um? Apart, I, mean, I know you've been doing Future Garage and all that sort of stuff, but what else outside of drum and bass influences you? Um, I listen to a lot of like chill hip hop stuff. Um, mm-hmm. the the I don't really know what a lot of the genres are that I listen to. The way that my friend and I have always described it is just vibey. Like yeah, um, guys like Tom Mish, um. Quickly, oh, quickly. Yeah, down tempo stuff. Yeah. Like down, but it's yeah, not yeah. like chill out. It's just no, got no, a great vibe to it. That's the only way that I can describe it. Stuff like that. Um, I listen to a lot. I don't, it reached a point recently where I was like barely listening to any drum and bass. I've kind of got back into it now, but yeah, just a lot mm, of like same. chill music, really. Mm. I think it's actually important as drum and bass artists, all four of us to make sure we take time outside of listening to drum and bass anyway. Yeah. Yeah. To re- to refresh ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Like, you're always going to grow tired. You would grow tired of it if you only listen to drum and bass all the time. Exactly. Has anyone heard uh, Tom York's Let Yourself thing? I have not. I have not. No, no, no. Anima. Such <laughs> a good album, dude. Wait, repeat that? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Tom York, you know, from Radiohead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His new album, uh, when I say new, I think it came out like maybe last year. You should check that out, Anime. It's like so. Oh. It's just so different, dude. It's like. It's on the, net, the Netflix thing on it? Yeah, yeah. They did like a Netflix kind of like short film with three of the tracks in it. But that, that for me, that was such a sick album just to listen through because it just gave me so much inspiration and so many like creative ideas and it's like it's one of those albums that's not, it's not, it probably is labeled as a genre somewhat, but. It's just it's just music for like you know in creativity like sounds sake really yeah exactly yeah like it's an actual album album not yeah, ju- yeah not exactly. just songs but it's There's... just mad because obviously I've I've always known him for kind of Radiohead so I enjoy a, his yeah. solo shit though his solo stuff is very good yeah this is definitely the most out there thing he's done but anyway I digress a bit <laughs> no no don't digress I still want to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> all right car- carry on then. <laughs> all right well never mind i was gonna look my for some reason my internet's messing up and i was trying to find out there's an album I'm, i think it's called black swan or black something that he did years oh, yeah. ago and uh one of his first solo albums i i think but it just happened i still remember that album like to a t it's so good nice it's I'll so different check that, man. honestly i recommend anyone listening just check out anime it might not be for you but it's just great music really um yeah, so we've we've kind of name dropped a few names to be honest, but who would your dream collab be with? Uh, it's difficult because normally my answer is like Halogenics or Alex Perez. Mm. Oh yeah, but I I don't know. I'd love to work with like a really good like soulful pop vocal. Mm. 
Yeah. But I could, I can't think, my mind, mind's gone completely blank. But, but someone who's got like a great soul to their voice, but also writes really catchy top lines. Yeah. Um, Becky Hill would be a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good shout. Um, or Ella Rare. Like someone of that, of that kind of caliber would be sick. Who also kind of understands the genre and, and everything like that as well. Mm. That's a good. That's a good answer, actually. Good that yeah, you actually man. mentioned vocalists as well, rather than just. Yeah, producers. yeah, no, very good. Yeah, actually, well, I mean, yeah. as I said, I always say Alex Perez, and I feel like, like <laughs> yeah, saying something Perez. something different that isn't. Um, because it, yeah, obviously, like the producer ones are, are obvious at that point, but yeah, yeah. No, we appreciate we appreciate those uh those different answers, man. Yeah, and um, would you believe it? That actually brings us to, or close to, the end of the show. Wow, I know, I know, right, honestly. So, um, while we've got the time, Elliot, where can the listeners find you on your socials if you want to plug in your Twitch and all that sort of stuff? Spotlight's yours. All all socials, Twitch, and everything is just forward slash Tolomic UK or Tolomic on Spotify if you're just after that. Yeah, so streaming on Twitch every Wednesday from 7 pm UK time. But I will take a break over Christmas, obviously, but then we'll be back at the start of January anyway. And in terms of extra plugins, is there anything you can talk about that is coming soon? Any releases, remixes, collabs, special projects? Um, I'm finishing, I say I'm finishing, I'm starting another EP um, for <laughs> next the start of next year on Liquidity. Um, oh. And then I've got a release with Goldfat coming at some point. Okay. Um, nice. Nice. For a compilation they're doing, but I'm not sure on when that's due out. But I've sent the pre-master off anyway, so that will be out at some point next year. Um, yeah, and then probably just more stuff with Liquidity from once that EP's done. Uh, the problem is, right is that everything's quite uncertain at the moment. So like planning yeah. when music's coming out when we don't know when shows are coming back or anything like that is difficult. But that's it. Yeah, definitely a release on Gold Fat and an EP coming. I have to say with Gold Fat as well, I loved Misdirection. I think that was the first Tolomic tune I heard as well. Got me. Oh, hooked. thanks, man. Yeah. The throwback. Was... That was part of the reason they did it is that, that you know, um, Johnny Mike has messaged me and, and asked for some stuff. And obviously we had that prior release anyway. So it was sort of like a throwback, throwback tune. Yeah. No, I've always loved that tune. Always loved it. Thanks, man. No worries. Um, but yeah, that is the end of the show and the end of season one. Woo! Yeah. So um, yeah, it's actually been great to have you to be our season closer, Elliot. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for asking me to come on. Of course, of course, been an absolute pleasure. Um, so season two starts in January. Unfortunately, in the unfortunately in terms of unfortunate news, let's say unfortunately, unfortunate <laughs> news. Great, um, but. <laughs> As of season two, we will actually be a team of three because Jack has had to step down as host. So, yeah, that's a bit... Sad times. Sad times. We're all very sad over here. And <laughs> I, just quickly, I do want to say, it, I mean, yeah, he, he, not unfortunately, but he just has, you know, bigger priorities currently. Of course, so yeah. He yeah. Exactly, yeah. He can't join us for the... He couldn't join us for today. He was going to make an announcement, but... You know, uh, things don't always turn out that way. It's funny because he started this whole thing. He started with the Basics podcast, which wasn't even really a podcast at the time. It, it was, was just three uh, dudes chatting crap. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and even before that, there was like just there was a different basics podcast. I'll put it that way. Still basics podcast, but it was very different. Mm. And uh when I met Jack and we started on our adventure of making music together, then we met Karen, then we all just sort of d- made this thing. And uh creating the Discord and everything. It's all I'm trying to get at is that he's been a giant part of the whole process of think breaks podcast and uh getting guests on and everything of the sort i mean he's still going to be working behind the scenes which is badass because uh and, and it's not like we're never going to talk to the guy again i mean oh no i've severed all know? my ties yeah. with him <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah. well this guy i mean he's, i'm not this just guy out of my life now, <laughs> but anyways yeah no, he, he's a big reason that this show is around in the way it is i just want to say thank you jack yeah, yeah so, man, big ups, Jack. Much shouts, Jack. And yeah, it is. He'll still be around in the background, but from next year onwards, it will be me, Damien, and Toby. Yeah, and Talamic. And obviously, Elliot, you are welcome to come back anytime you'd like. Yeah, brother. Right, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah course, it's been a pleasure course. talking to you, man, especially being of uh, an artist of your caliber currently, especially with all the views and listeners you're getting. It's pretty special to talk to someone with that caliber, man. No, thanks yeah. a lot. As I said, it's always a pleasure, and, and to be honest, like these kind of things are, are great because they're quite chill. If you're asked yeah, to do yeah. like an, a guest mix, you've got to plan it out and make sure that it's not got a load of mixes yeah. that you've already done before and all the rest of it. Whereas this, we just chat for an hour. It's great. Yeah, we're just bullshitting yeah. around, man. Just shooting the shit. Exactly. That's all. And, and it, it's gets, a it gives us a on. chance to get to know the people behind the tunes that everybody loves. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that is the end of the show and the end of season one. So we shall all, I mean, on behalf of the three of us, on behalf of Jack, on behalf of Elliot, we wish you a very, very happy holiday season. We hope you have a lovely break. We'll, we'll see you see next you year. see you all in the new year. And aren't we glad 2020 is over? Woo! Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> see you later. Oh, see you later, 2020. <laughs> and see you all later. Peace. See ya. Peace. Goodbye. See There it is. There we go. And that's a <laughs> so goddamn. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that.